0: This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Welcome back to
1: boys at 161st Street. We got a little bit to talk about. We got a lot to talk about. You got Murph, you got Damon, you got Luke this time. We're going to dissect a little bit of the Mets series, the unlikely victories at the end of there, the first game of the Rays series, too little too late with the Yanks there, but we got a lot to dive into, a lot of debate topics. Let's get into it.
2: Three.
1: Yeah, All right, guys, so how are we doing? Murphy, how's Hamden? Huh. Hamden's Hamden, man not much has changed. So Murphy went back to school, back to school. Billy
2: goes back to school.
1: Murphy's back. <laughs> the rest of us have graduated. He's on his fifth year now. Can't get enough of the place I did it last year.
2: For the record, I did graduate. I'm going to masters. Yeah, not <laughs> no not record. to not Vol- to voluntarily
1: voluntarily fifth year. Yeah,
2: it's I not have a, I have a degree. So Yeah, you yeah, know. He's not two. he's not
1: a super senior. He's going for a second degree. So Either way. How are you doing over there, Murph?
2: I mean, can't say great. We got two cheeky wins out of the Mets and then lost everything else. Not great right now. Very hopeful, very optimistic, but right now I'm not feeling great. That's good, though. It's all right. What are you drinking? Michelob. 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 Ugh,
1: God. I mean, I wouldn't I'm, say, ugh, God. I like it. Birthday boy, too. Everyone like give it. a quick birthday shout-out to Murphy Group over here. Don Mattingly over the weekend. Yeah, give him a birthday shout out out in, uh, the in the reviews. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> thank you for reminding me. Um, if you guys leave us a review, I think we're at like 118 right now. We really appreciate them. It helps us out so much and helps makes us think that people like hearing us. So if you leave us reviews and you guys get to 150 reviews by the time we release our next episode, I've said it before. You guys failed last time. I will do it this time. I swear to God, I'll live stream it. Whatever. I'll eat a baseball, I promise. Just get to 150 reviews. doesn't even have to be written. I like written ones because we like to read them. But I don't know how I'm going to do it. I kind of want to. I kind of want you guys to see. I might boil the baseball, eat pieces of it, whatever I'm going to do. we got to, like, fillet it. we got to do something. There will be preparation that's involved, but you guys got to get to 150 first. And if you do it, that baby will be live streamed. And trust me, it will be worth your time to spend two seconds giving us a review.
2: You Anywho, guys now, huh? you guys are in New York, you can get a little baseball egg and cheese. Baseball egg and baseball, cheese. Baseball egg and cheese. Nothing or like, as
3: they call it, bacon egg and cheese. <laughs> nothing,
0: and cheese.
1: Nothing like a bacon egg and cheese on a New York bagel. Yeah, They're saying one word, though. Bacon egg and cheese. Bacon egg and, baseball, cheese. Egg, and cheese. Salt paper ketchup. How you doing, Damon? You know what's funny? Salt, salt
3: paper ketchup. I went to a ketchup. deli. Ketchup.
1: You said ketchup? Ketchup. That's crazy. You're
0: I right? went.
3: I don't know where it was. I think I was in california or something and i asked for a bacon egg and cheese with salt pepper ketchup and they looked at me like like i had like 10 heads i would too you said ketchup no but just the salt pepper ketchup part of it ketchup it's ketchup there's an e not an a whatever it doesn't matter the point is they they looked at me like i had 10 heads like they have never heard of that combination before
1: rightfully so a little weird I don't like ketchup on my... Ah, fuck, I said There you go. (laughs) Fucking asshole. No, you (laughs) brainwashed me. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. I'm drinking a harpoon. Uh, I got a little bit of pre-fall syndrome. For those of you who don't know what it is, I was was planning on just saying PFS and hoping you guys would know what it is. But anyway, I got the pre-fall syndrome. By the time this episode's released, it's going to be September. That's fair. Wow. You're allowed to do that? that. Yeah, it is. September 1st, baby. It's a little premature. It's, the it's month of the year
2: I need a I need like four days straight of 60 degrees or less, yeah. and then it's fall. It was
1: literally fall weather today. No, fall is
3: fall is fall categorized weather. as the leaves today. changing. There needs fall. to be some sort of foliage out there that's colorful in order for me to believe oh. that it's fall. I need to be in a hoodie. Looking at some, some oh. trees changing
2: colors. Well, I came from Vermont, that's though. That's how you, know. No, this is how you know. I came
1: from Vermont this weekend, though. There was foliage going down there.
2: It's fall in Vermont all year round. Um, yeah, that's why I'm in that. If you can wear a long-sleeve shirt and shorts or a hoodie and shorts, that's when you know it's fall weather. A beautiful fall weather. Hoodie, Halloween.
3: short, flip-flop combination,
1: nothing like it. Nothing like it. I was doing that all weekend. I was in Vermont, but, I mean, when I got to Vermont, before we get to the Yanks, when I got to Vermont, it was 90 degrees when I got there. Second day I'm there. I'm wearing a sweatshirt, sweatpants inside. Yeah, crazy. It was 50 degrees, fall.
2: Yeah, it's it's just so now. Now I'm too. drinking
1: a nice Harpoon pumpkin ale with some cinnamon sugar on the rim. No free ads, but I would give a free ad for Harpoon. Harpoon's a great, great group of people there. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to the Yankees. So where would you guys say your panic meters are at? Because we just, I I would say stole. We we stole three out of three out of the. What did we get it against the Mets? Three out of five, right? We played five games against them.
2: Yeah, we played yeah, five. Yeah,
1: doubleheader, single game, then doubleheader again. We stole three out of five.
2: Mm-hmm. We should not
1: oh, only... What? Wasn't it two out of five? No, it's three because it was a doubleheader, single game, series. and then a doubleheader again. They're technically different series. Oh, we,
2: we did win both games yesterday, huh? Yeah. Didn't feel like it.
1: No, it didn't feel like it because, the. I mean, I was saying the day before we got on the air, too, I mean, the Yankees win that game. That's a steal right there. The, the first one of the second doubleheader, where they are down five or so runs. They come back, they win it. Fantastic. Love it. You needed that energy going into Debbie's debut. Because let's say we lose that game like we should have because we were down five. Like, you can't count on a comeback like that all the time. Let's say we lose that game. Entirely different second game because then you got a, a rookie debut. There's no morale going into it because you got a rookie debut. It's not like you got Cole coming in, although Cole has been bad. We'll get into it soon. But entirely different scenario. You now lost that game, and you're probably going to lose the second game because it was 5-2, but, like, momentum is everything in a doubleheader. And Devi Garcia, a rookie who hasn't pitched before, he feeds off the momentum. You just walked it off. There's a weight lifted off your shoulders. That's an entirely different outing, I think, if – we lose that game. Yeah. He, he needs the confidence for sure. A he young, got it. A, yeah. A young guy like that coming off,
3: coming into a game, coming into a pitching situation where, to be honest, the, the team was really low on morale. We were really down the dumps. And we had one good game, and we needed to ride that. And David did a really good job of keeping that going. He pitched lights out. And I loved watching him, watching him pitch. So where
1: would you say your panic meters are at? Murph, what about you? <sighs> What's the scale? Is the one to ten. One to ten. No, I don't know. No. We usually do a panic meter at uh, it, it's a visual on the chalkboard wall we have. It's like nobody panic is on the left side, then it's uh could could panic and then it's everybody panic on the right side. Murph, where are you at?
2: I'm somewhere in the middle, maybe leaning uh maybe not pointing straight up, maybe leaning a little bit toward the <laughs> uh, panic side. I like
3: the visual with the pen. It helps. Yes.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> bad radio, but whatever. Um yeah, towards the, the panic side, just because obviously nothing's going right right now. People are on the aisle. Even today, like, Voight goes yard today, and then all of a sudden as he's running at bases, they're like, oh, he has a foot problem. Good thing he doesn't have to sprint. Like, that's just an injury list waiting to happen, and he's on fire. It seems like every time somebody's good, something bad happens. Hicks, yesterday, home run and a single at least that I saw. I was kind of in and out of watching the games, and then all of a sudden he comes out with the, with the cramps. Like, I don't know what it is. So that's the part that worries me, basically. That That's it. Like, the injuries worry me. It seems like everybody is either getting hurt or on the cusp of getting hurt. And without that, I wouldn't be panicked at all. So I'm optimistic, certainly. But I'm a little bit on that panic side.
1: What about you, Damon?
3: Yeah, I had to agree with that. Maybe slightly towards the less of a, less of a panic size. A little bit less worried than what Murph's saying. Because here's the thing. I think that... Talk to me, Goose. Slumps are slumps are slumps for a reason. Slumps are a thing because you get out of them and they're you're not in there forever. And I am being optimistic, like Murph said, and if we're at a point where this is our slumping period and then we break out and if the whole team gets hot or even a couple people get hot and we can get the bats going and throw a couple solid innings, we don't need a lot to turn these games around. It's not like we're... Well, I'm not going to say that because a couple times we were just lost in these games, but I just think a few things really need to be turned on and swapped for us to go out there and win games consistently. It's not like our team is they're not bad players. They're on the Yankees for a reason. And I'm confident with the guys that are out there. Obviously they're not playing to the playing to the caliber that we want them to be at, but I know they have the potential to be there eventually. <clears throat> And if we're at a point right now where we're slumping, it just gives me the more optimistic that we will eventually get to a point where we can be hot and stretch along a couple good, good wins. The reason why I am more towards the panic side.
1: I thought you were less towards the panic sorry, side. The
3: reason why I would be leaning towards the panic side, besides the fact that okay. we were losing games, is because of our inability to beat the Rays. And when we're like, at this rate, I don't see us winning that division whatsoever. And I know that it doesn't mean a whole lot for the playoff picture because this is a, um expanded playoffs. So it doesn't matter as much as this season as it would in a regular season. But we still want to be number one. And right now, we just we can't figure out a way to beat the Rays. And that, to me, is a huge problem. And I think that we won't be able to beat a lot of these other teams will be continuing to play like we are right now.
1: Yeah, so building off that, I wanted to see where you guys are at because I am probably around where you guys are and the reason why I would be a little bit more panicked is because of what, when I've spoke to it before, it's what we've done in compilation of this season so far. So what we have actually, like we have 19 wins, right? Not a horrible record considering, again, we have the next man up thing which is a whole entire different story. Like, at this point, I'm so done with the next man up. Like It's not like, oh, our backups are better than your starters. It's like, oh, no, our starters can't play. That's a whole different conversation that I don't want to get into right now. I'm not on the next man up anymore. I'm not like, oh, we have 19 wins and like 14 to 15 losses, so that's okay because eventually the starters come back. It's like I'm at the point where it's not an excuse anymore. But if, if your starters cannot play, then your record is in a good indication of what you should be. It's not like the Yankees should be with the Dodgers right now, 26 and like 11 or above the Rays and all that nonsense. If your starters cannot play, that is what your team is expected to produce. So we're right on par with that is what I'm saying. And these next men up, it was great last year when they were doing so well, but when they're playing back to their norms and everybody who isn't really an above average player can't come up in big spot, which is usually the case, that's what's going to happen. And that's why I'm a little more towards the panic meter, and I'm, it, it's, it goes back and forth for me because I know the guys are coming back, and I know it's all about the playoffs, and I know expanded playoffs, so it doesn't really matter if you win your division, but we'd like to, like you said, we're going to make the playoffs. Let's just make that clear. And Glaber is coming back. Sands doing baseball activities, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> Nobody ever knows what that means. It means he's swinging a bat, probably. That could he's, mean he's watching film. He's just grabbing the pine. I don't know. That doesn't mean anything. Anyway, he's coming back, and a few other people are on their way back. And by the start of the playoffs, we will have a spot on this team, and that's all that matters. But my concern for this team is what we've done thus far. Thus far, we have 19 wins. 16 of those wins, if you break them down, 9 of those came against Orioles and Boston. 2 of them against the Nats without Soto, without Strasburg. Another 2 of them came against the Braves with no Acuna, no Albies, and then 3 versus the Mets. That's concerning to me. Because then when you look at the other 2 wins that we did get, 2 of them were against Philly. We split the series, and that's not a good team. That's a bad team. They're below 500 right now. And then another one measly win against the Rays. That's my concern, and again, it's not, you can say it's not as much of a concern because the team's going to come back, and then the team that is going to be fielding the field. That's hypothetical, though, if if
3: the team is going to be good when these people come back. That's a whole different story.
1: Exactly. But I'm just saying, this team that's out there, to circle back, that's the Yankees right now. We can't keep saying, and it, it annoys me to say it, and I keep saying this to Matt, too. I would just text him. He's a Red Sox fan, friend. When Like, when they're back, they'll be good. I'm so tired of saying when they're healthy, they'll be good. Because that's just the Yankees now. Like, we, our players are not going to stay on the field for the whole season. So when you go in with these high expectations that the Yankees, at face value with the starting players that they're supposed to play, indicating that they'll play the whole season, that's just not going to happen. So... Yeah. I mean, we have unrealistic expectations to what is going to happen on the field, what's going to be out there. That's why I am really just sick and tired of this next man up thing because it just overstayed its welcome at this point.
3: Well, I was talking to Murph about this in the last episode about how the next man up is just the team now. Like we are the New York Yankees is the team that's put out there, and whether that's young guys, old guys, backups, whatever, that's just the New York Yankees. And I was thinking about this earlier, or a couple of days ago, Like, what I would almost prefer, and this is a whole different conversation, I'm just going to say, we don't to talk about it, but I would almost prefer that we win a World Series with this hypothetical next man up lineup. Because that's been our team for the last two years, and I'd almost like to see us win that instead of winning it with our fully stacked, bought, Type of like quote spot team.
1: It's not gonna happen though. It's
3: eh, yeah, it's it's a this team cannot a win a
1: World Series. The one that's at uh, the one that played last night against the Rays, they are not winning. Oh World god, Series. no, no, they can't. Would... They got no hit through six. I mean, it's I embarrassing. Get it, it's glass now, it's embarrassing. That team's not winning World Series. And the reason why I have hope, like I said, is because guys are on the way. Labor will hopefully come back and play like he's supposed to play. And when October hits, the stars come out. And... Regardless of how bad you've done, if you got the ice, you got the ice. And we got some players that have ice. So if they're on the field, I am confident. Glaber is notoriously good in the playoffs in his young career. Judge, good in the playoffs when he's on the field, obviously. Garrett Cole, nasty in the playoffs. We'll get into that in more in depth later. I have an award for him. And just players like that, they, they can do it in the playoffs. So that's what I'm focused on. That's what every Yankee fan should be focused on because we're all making the playoffs. We're going to make the playoffs. This guy isn't falling. It's just really concerning right now and for the future, honestly. That's why I'm more concerned. It's not about making the playoffs. It's more about these are the players on the roster that we're looking to extend, and this is the heart and soul of the Yankees for the future, and they cannot stay on the field. That's Mm -hmm. my main concern. The concern isn't this year. This year will be fine eventually if we get to the playoffs and – this team is, everybody's healthy. We have a shot to win it all. The power rankings, i know we dropped to eight this year and everyone's freaking out, but that's only because we're all hurt right now. So when that team's healthy, we're number one. There's no doubt about it.
2: And I think we're going to see when people start coming back like Labor, as you said, we've been through a really, I mean, maybe excluding the Mets, a pretty tough part of the schedule. We've had to play the Rays in almost consecutive series just with the Mets in between, and then now, after we get through the series with the Rays, we have one game of the Mets, and then Orioles, Blue Jays, Orioles, Blue Jays, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Marlins. Like
3: winnable We games. don't have to
2: play the Rays anymore. I know we're terrible against them. We don't have to play the Nationals again. We don't have to play those sorts of teams. So as these people come back, I think we're not going to be going 3-7 and seven on 10-game stretches anymore, which is part of the reason we're starting to panic. It's going to give us time to get these guys back, get them healthy, and hopefully pick up some more wins where we're not having to get into the playoffs on a wild-card spot.
3: But also it also gives us an opportunity to, like I mentioned before, get the bats going. That, yeah, that, that's a. We need to use those games to one win, but most importantly, get momentum and get everyone seeing the ball well and getting hot. That's yeah. what I'm more worried about.
1: I mean, like you said, three more against Boston, three more against Miami, ten against Toronto. Although we've had, they're going to be the, probably the hardest one we face from here on out. And then, if I'm not mistaken, we have eight more against Baltimore. Am, am I crazy for saying that or three,
2: three, four, seven, seven more. I
1: mean, that's pretty fucking damn math. good and math pod. But if we have that many games against shitty teams and people are getting back, I see that almost as just preseason for the playoffs. We're going to make the playoffs. That's just a fact. Even if we get swept, like I know if we get swept this series, people are going to freak the fuck out on Twitter. Even if we get swept, we still have that road ahead. That's what you have to look towards. In an entire season, you're going to go through rough patches. We're in a rough patch right now. And you know what? We're making the best of a rough patch because we stole three games against the Mets that we shouldn't have won. Although it's the Mets, but we still shouldn't have won those games, and that's during that rough patch. Mm -hmm. So once we're out of this rough patch and people slowly start to trickle back, we're good. And all these guys are going to get nice, easy games against pitching machine, pitching staffs, and we're going to start to tee off. We're going to become... The, the record is going to round out to where we thought it was going to be or close to it. We're going to make the playoffs. Doesn't mm-hmm. ma- It doesn't matter if we win the... This of, of all years, this year is the year that it doesn't really matter if we come in first place, second place, or even fucking wild card because every team that makes it, you're in a three-game series, so anybody can win. Home field advantage, home field advantage I don't think matters. And I, I, A lot of people are trying to ex- like tell me that it matters. It doesn't matter. If there's no fans there you can't tell me that it's the same thing as a packed Bronx stadium mm-hmm. with me in the stands screaming my head off until my ear, I just can't talk anymore. Like, you can't tell me it's the same thing. It's not. So yeah. if we come in second, I don't care. Because then we're seated up with, like, instead of going against, I don't know, the twins who we dominate, We go against the Indians or the White Sox. I mean, it's all the same. It's it's all the same. It's
3: like any playoffs, though. The the hot team's going to win.
1: Exactly. And And that's why if we get. We
3: just need to get hot. And if we get hot with these games that we'll string together against these teams that are not the best, I don't see a reason why we can't get hot and destroy the playoffs. But on the other hand, if you ask me that my panic meter in the middle of these games and we're, we're not hitting, we're just stringing together wins like we were against the Mets and we're getting lucky, and then you asked me about panic level, I'm going to say it's really high because I don't care for winning like we just said. If we're not hitting the baseball and we're not pitching well, then there's no way we're going to perform in the playoffs.
1: That's exactly it. Like we, I, I literally feel like any win we get, we're getting lucky, whereas when the season started with Stanton, Judge, everybody in the lineup, I go into that game – Guaranteeing that we get a win. Like I really, if we didn't win that day, something went horribly wrong. Whereas now it's like I know we're gonna lose, and if we are able to sneak one out, then we snuck one out. Like yeah. that's how I feel right now, and I know that's conversely, when they come back, I'll feel the way I felt in the beginning. Like our team, when it's out there, is great. So
3: I mean, look at today's game. We were we were getting no hit through the six, and then we had an error. I feel like we're getting no hits so frequently. We, we got an error. We had a no. We had an error, and then. A bloop single or some bullshit like that.
2: Not infield single. Yeah, infield single, DJ. and then
3: uh, L- um, Talkman had a error with a pass ball. Or something. I don't even fucking remember, but it was cheeky hits, cheeky getting on base, and yeah, I was excited. I was like, oh, we got some action. Like that should not be the mentality. Yeah, we when we're probably, watching these games. We hang a
1: five spot in the first inning. That's the Yankees.
3: Like our expectations are so low right now, and that just can't. T- I just can't. Want to get into awards? Yeah, please.
1: All right. Well, I mean we did a lot of negative things so we usually start with the Kevin Malone award we'll start with a good award so
2: I'm always start with this I want people to be afraid of how much they love me
1: who's getting the belt for you Murphy
2: um I'm gonna go kind of the uh unconventional route I guess um I'm gonna give it to Debbie he just like I know he only played in one game he's not even on the active roster anymore but he showed up and did his job while he was up here and he proved that he can pitch in the major leagues granted no fans whatnot but the pressure is still there when you come up and he did everything that we could have ever asked him no runs i think four hits i don't maybe he had i don't know actually i don't think he did have a walk yeah, so
1: six innings pitched four hits no earned no walks
2: so yeah great line i mean four hits you can live with because minimizing the damage and whatnot so he looked great i loved watching him um yeah that, that's it he's the belt for me look great
1: and honestly i saw a crazy thing I don't know how it's up to you guys to determine how crazy this is, but 21 years old, 103 days. He's the youngest in, pitcher in Yankees history with six innings pitched, zero earned, no walks, and six, K, six plus Ks in any game. That, that sounds to me like one of those, like, oh, like they got this when the grass was three quarters of an inch. Say and, your and metric status. And of the, the sun was like setting in the northeast portion of the sky. Like one of those weird scenario statistics. But anyway. He had a great outing. That's what that tells you. He had a great outing. He looked fantastic. And looked great. and he, you know what? He looked like a stopper in a point where the Yankees were in a rut, and we needed a starter like that to have an outing like they did.
2: And he did it. We he just, came up big. He had a bright spot in the whole Mets series, basically. Like We, we were so frustrated. At, by that point, we had two cheeky wins. One where Batances almost hit John Sterling up in the booth to allow the uh, that wild pitch a couple of days before, and then we had that blow up by Edwin Diaz when they came back. So, to ha- like, we weren't really happy about those wins. And we did end up getting the win in game two, also with Debbie. But that was the most exciting part of the whole series for me it was how Debbie pitched well. That was the biggest step that we took in that series. Yeah, I
1: agree. Yeah, we gave it to, Damon?
3: Actually, you go. Because I have two, and I want to see which for you pick, and then I'll pick the latter.
1: All right. So, similarly with Murphy over here, I went with the starting pitcher. Mm. And that starting pitcher is Jay Happ. And you know what? I wanted to get into a little conversation with you guys because his last two starts against the Mets and the Red Sox, two bad teams, I get it, and that's what I wanted to get into, is that, is this for real? Because in his last two starts, he has 13 innings pitched, a .69 ERA, six hits allowed, one mm. earned run, and that was via the home run, which is usually his bugaboo. So if only you only get one earned run mm. on a home run, and that's your bugaboo, you know what? Fine. And then... His opponents' average hitting against him one forty six. So, what do you do? You guys think this is fool's goal? Do you think it's just because he f- he was against bad teams, being the Red Sox and the Mets, two of the worst teams in the league right now, or do you think he's figuring it out? Well, we, I was
3: watching the games, and even though he was facing below average teams, his stuff still looked good, and I think that. Jay Happ is one of those guys where we shit on him a lot, rightfully so, because he stunk. But he was always one of those guys where we kind of had a feeling he was going to break out and do better. We were talking to Michael K, and he was said, we were like, yeah. We like, <laughs> what a yeah. name drop that was. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no big deal.
3: <laughs> we were just talking to our buddy Mike. But we were talking to him, and he said. It's not cool anymore. <laughs> but, he, but he was like. I was like, "Who are you more worried about, Paxton or, or Hap?" And he said, "Paxton really, his stuff is not there. He's not throwing the way he used to throw. Hap, his stuff is he's pitching that he's pitching a little bit better. He's just getting rocked. And but his his velo is still there. His you know his spin rate's still there. He's still throwing decently. So he had more potential to get better and break out and then hopefully become the J Hap we wanted him to be. So." I don't know if he'll continue to put together the same amount of performances that he had before, but I do believe that he can be a more reliable starter than he was before. And hopefully be someone who we can confidently put out there. And if we put together three, four
2: runs, we can go out there and win a game. I'm with you. Um, I don't know if it's fool's gold to think that he's figuring it out. I think he's kind of, a better pitcher than he was throwing for the rest for the beginning part of this year, but I also don't think he's going to be able to keep it up. I it's going to take a lot more for me to have confidence in Hap. I, I'm still not confident when he's on the mound. The fact that he throws a 93 mile an hour fastball high in the zone scares me, but I do like he's throwing better, and I think we just kind of got to ride it out the way he's throwing. But keep he, let, he needs, him in the rotation for sure.
3: But the thing is, he yeah again like you don't he can't throw it high in the zone. I think CC is a good example of how you need to adjust when you get older and you're not throwing as hard as you used to throw. CC got rocked for a little bit because he tried to pitch like he had the he high velocity that do. he used to be able to throw, but he made adjustments. He was throwing these sliders, and he just had his location pinned down, and that's why he was able to string together outs. And I feel like Hap needs to be able to make that adjustment because you're right. He can't be throwing 93-mile-an-hour fastballs up to some players,
1: so let me ask you guys a question. While we're here, what would you rather have now? Because I mean, you both don't seem too confident that Hap has just figured it out miraculously, and he's just going to do this the rest of the way against better teams, the likes of, and, you know, the Rays and everything like that. What would you rather have? Would you rather have Hap being cemented in whatever? spot in rotation you want to call this, whether it's four or the fifth man, I don't know what the hell he is, or if he even, if he even has a spot. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have Devi, and and or, I'm good with both, Schmidt, both cementing spots for the rest of the way this year? We're about halfway through the season. I say, just let them just ride for the rest of the season. Give them the four and five spot in the rotation. They're clearly good young Talented guys who can do it. Devi just did it. We, I have more, I have higher hopes about Schmidt. Schmidt looks like he can do it way more than Debbie could. And then Devi came out and did that. So again, he threw against the Mets just like Hap did. So it's a weird scenario. But would you guys prefer Devi and Schmidt coming into because my my theory is if you have them, we're going to make the playoffs. Expanded roster, expanded playoffs this year. I'm not as worried about that. Nobody else should be also. And if you have that strength of schedule for the rest of the way, like we mentioned before, I'm so good with just bringing Debbie and Schmidt, having them figure it out for the second half of the year, get three, four starts in for the rest of the year, get their footing. And if they figure it out, have them be in the playoff rotation because these guys have a way higher ceiling than Hap does. And we know what Hap has. And the best we would ever see about Hap is what we just saw those last two starts. And I feel like the ceiling is way higher for these two guys, and you never know what gold you can strike. You just throw somebody into the fire and just see if it goes. Like That's the way I think about this, and the alternative is Hap and King, who hasn't looked really that great either. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking just fucking send them. What do I, you guys think?
3: I, I partly agree. I, I think, Marv, I'll be quick, but I think that I would like to see... Clark Schmidt and Devi pitch more in these doubleheader situations because pitching is thin as is. So you're right. Why not throw them out there and see what they can do? On the flip side of things, though, I don't know if we can just confidently say, "Oh yeah, Debbie and Clark Schmidt are better than Jay Happ and more more confident in putting them out there." Because there's I'm gonna quote Murph right here: small sample size. We can't just Imagine they are going to be these all-star players and all of our problems are going to go away because we have these two young prospects. That's not how the world works. And just because they pitch good twice doesn't mean that they're going to be our saviors for the Yankee season. That is a very narrow-minded point of view to, to think about. So I'm all for testing out the arms, throwing them out there when we need them in these double situations. On the other hand, though, I do want to figure out if Hap can continue this up. And he, if he gets going and he can be consistent i'd rather have him in a playoff situation because he is a veteran pitcher and probably has the experience to throw more confidently in these situations
2: yeah i'm with you they kind of took a lot of the words i was going to say right out of my mouth and um i think we're gonna maybe see debbie again whether it be Somebody gets hurt and he comes up or another doubleheader situation and I'd love to see him throw again. He he pitched phenomenally, proved he can do it. And he will that. he will. We're not gonna get rid of Hap though, especially because Hap's pitched really well in those last two games. And I think he just you know, if he gave up eight runs in the last two games, it might be a different conversation. But yeah, I if think he, if you can this year we're to not gonna shitty. see Clark Schmidt mm. because he's not on the forty man roster, which yeah. I didn't realize until they brought up Debbie. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. I, you know, we gotta get rid and if, if there were moves made at the deadline and we lose somebody from the forty man, maybe we would have added Schmidt and then maybe we'd see him. But the fact that he's not on the forty man roster right now, I don't see them making a the move to put him on the forty man roster. Yeah. So we're not gonna see him.
3: And you're right. I think that why why scratch hap of starts when he's finally starting to put things together? It yeah. doesn't make sense. And he's a veteran pitcher. And he can probably figure it out. And if he gets hot, then we're good. But
1: because he bitched about the whole... <laughs> that whole,
3: Whatever, though. Like, that whole
1: fucking uh, the incentive. When he in got contract. pulled and then, yeah. what's his name?
2: Out of, you gave up a, a ball Look, he's not No, not that. Anymore. He
1: bitched about the, the incentive in his contract to hit the certain amount of thresholds of starts to get the extra uh, year on his contract. Meanwhile, he was just playing bad. That's why he didn't... He thought the Yankees were out to get him. Oh. Fuck him. But anyway, I just I think that if we had
3: doubleheaders, I'd love to see Debbie pitch more. I think you're right, Murph. What I'd like to see Clark Schmidt, but what's the you know risk-reward on a lot of these things? So I'm all for seeing them. If it's the situation's right and we have no one else to play, but I also think that we have a ton of other, not a ton of other, but we have other people who can go out there and string together some stars.
1: When you say risk-reward, though, like the reward I, you're mentioning is throwing Hap out there. like That's the, the safety net instead of throwing Debbie and Clark out there. So that's why that's why I bring up the point. That's why I'm saying, why not take the chance when the alternative isn't that good? Like, you know, it's not, he, like, you, it's not like you're putting... He
2: was good the last two starts. I know, and I... How I, do you pull him after that?
1: No, 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 not right now. I'm saying, let's say, okay, scenario. He shits the bed, gives up six earned next game against an actual better opponent. Do you then start considering? Because you guys aren't considering... Putting them in, what do you think of that? He needs
3: to, like he needs to have two more consistently bad starts, and then you pull them. But if he if he puts together a start that, again, like I said, we're winning on three or four runs. We need to score. That's the we like we can't just neglect the fact that we're not hitting the fucking ball and we're not helping our pitchers out. That's another huge problem. We have Garrett Cole in the mound today, and. He lets up on a four runs and we didn't hit the ball at all.
1: Yeah, we're, we're
3: That's we can't excusable. Yeah, and yeah, Hap has been like looking that. great, but <laughs> you got to score to win, and we're not scoring. So we can talk about pitching all day, and if Hap's gonna be the right guy, but we need to figure out the bats. And if Hap can put together an outing where again he only lets up a couple runs, throws a lot, of, throws deep into the ball game, we have our bullpen take over and they figure it out, then. If he does if he does his job, I don't need him to be spectacular. I need him to do his job. And if he goes out there and does his job, there's no reason to bring up somebody else and test that they can potentially throw.
1: Well, see, here's the thing. You need him to only do his job when the Yankees are hitting. When the Yankees aren't hitting, we need him to be better, which isn't realistic to ask him. But if the Yankees, Yankees aren't
3: hitting, then
2: we're fucked either way. <laughs> I know.
1: No, yeah. I'm just saying. That that's what brings up.
2: No, I don't I don't think pressure. there's gonna be any any way we see barring injury. There's gonna be no way we see Clark Schmidt. And we may I mean, see Debbie again. because I think, Schmitt, so. I think you missed when we said this re- earlier, but Clark Schmidt's not on the 40-man roster. I don't so now that, that the deadline's really? over and he's not on the 40-man roster, in order to get him on the 40-man roster, we have to release somebody. Yeah, Which is the risk. that That's the risk-reward Damon was talking about.
1: Well, here's the thing, too. With Debbie that people don't understand, and I didn't partially understand, I, I got what they were doing, but I wanted to throw the pot on Instagram and Twitter, but... They didn't send him down because he's not making his next start. He's probably making his next start, and most likely is making his next start. They were just making room because he's not going to pitch for the next five days, and then there's there's more value in carrying another reliever against the Rays, whereas he's not going to pitch this series. So then you bring him back up. He's going to make his next start on the fifth day, like he would. So and if he makes a good start, then I think he's in the rotation from here on out. And Boone has also said that Schmidt will have a role this year, and I don't see why not, because Schmidt it, to me is more ready than Debbie is. And that's what I to me, Devi's start was a showcase for the trade deadline. And since he didn't get traded, now what? Like that I feel like now they jumped the gun on him and now they're leaving him in. If if it were a perfect world and you're trying to figure out and you're just trying to throw out the more ready person, I think they would have done Schmidt, but they want to hold on to Schmidt. They threw Devi out there as a showcase. And now they couldn't get a deal done. So now Debbie's just like, are we going to keep him in the rotation or not? If they, I truly believe if they were choosing one person to put in, who's more ready than the other, I think it would have been Schmidt.
2: Sure. But I also don't agree that the reason they brought up Debbie was to showcase him for a trade. He came up, he, they didn't even call him up and send him down. He came up as the 29th man taxi squad situation for the double header. He wouldn't have come up if it wasn't a doubleheader. So I think they just looked at, we have Debbie and Clark Schmidt. We need to bring somebody up to start game two of this doubleheader and be the 29th man. And Debbie was already on the forty man and Clark Schmidt wasn't. So that was really all that went into it. And they also want to see Debbie. He's 21. He wouldn't have been up probably this year unless it was for this kind of situation. So he mm-hmm. came up and we got to see him early. Same with, uh, with the reliever today. That um, I didn't even know who knew, that was. I Yahoo? Yeah. <laughs> I, no. So I, I knew that he got called up a little while ago. I didn't know anything about him, but Apparently, well. they like him. He, he pitched really well today. Really I don't well. even think he gave up a hit through three innings.
1: No. Yeah. He, he throws strikes, but he walked more people than you even saw. Yeah, t- they so said he was like strikes. the best control in the yeah, system, and then he gave up a lot of uh, walks. Who'd you give your belt to? You haven't even got to. We got sidetracked.
3: Yeah, let me make this quick. There's not a lot of discussion topics, but I gave it to Voight and Frazier, mainly Voight. I mean, the guy's literally carrying this offense of yeah. lack of an yeah. offense, but he is – the only guy who was consistently hitting the baseball and producing runs and getting on base to give other guys opportunities. That game two days ago or something like that, all of our runs were either RBIs or scored by Void and Frazier. The only two guys doing anything for a couple of games. And Frazier kind of, he's still producing a lot. He's, you know, becoming back down to, to real life after going... You know, just hitting 400.
1: He was batting 400. Now he's batting 300. So be it. Yeah, he's come back Whatever. to earth.
3: Great. He's still a phenomenal player. Voight is again. I can't say enough about the guy. He is the heart and soul of Yankees offense right now. The heart and soul that's dying, but he's the center of it. And God gives him praise. You
1: know what? And I'll be the first to say it. I have been a Voight hater since the beginning of this year. Last year, everything. Me too. I, I've been very I wasn't vocal about sold it. on him. I've been very vocal about it. And you know what? I'm on the Void train. I, I I think he has finally proven I mean you can't he, not be in the Void no, train. No, I get now. it. I get it. But I think it's I mean I was just so fixated on the strikeouts and the strikeout looking that that really pop, like polluted my brain to my depiction of what Void is, but he just the guy's locked in. He's locked in. the guy's, he's, the he's guy's locked in. Batting over 300, he's got 13 home runs now. He's got He's he's in the running for the MVP race for sure right now. No doubt about it. If Mike Trout wasn't in this league, he might be leading the league in in for the MVP voting right now. Yeah, but, but you
3: know what? I'm keeping that short and sweet. He deserves every bit of it. Yeah, and you can't you
1: can't do a uh, you can't give away a belt and not mention the one who's the yeah. actual best person that deserves the belt. It's almost like the unpopular pick at that point. But you yeah, got someone like,
3: has to give it to him. Yeah, it's like the popular person everyone wants to pick, but it's so obvious. Yeah, you want
1: You want you want to find the diamond in the rough? And Murfell. that's why I
3: had you go first because I had to I had to yeah. give him credit if if credit was due. Yeah, he's got to get credit. Yeah. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code
1: BLUEWIRE. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while the dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings food that you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and then your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants, too, are still open. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and the food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, just enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app in the App Store, just enter the code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. So you know what? Why don't we give the bad awards? we got a little bit of a lighter morale here, so let's just tear it down.
2: No arms or legs is basically how you exist right now, Kevin. You don't do anything. Who doesn't do anything for you, Murph? Gary. Strictly because he has the worst war on the team and he's a catcher and you can't have that. That's That's literally it. And uh, he, I don't have anything good to say about him. He, he everything bad about him speaks for himself. I think, I think we'll that was the that. perfect description Gary. of how Gary is playing.
3: You know what? <laughs> just trying to figure out words to describe it,
2: and just I, look, I Wait, <laughs> There's uh, no uh, words to
3: describe how bad
2: he is doing right now. Me yeah. and Kev were watching the game today, and he comes up, and Kev said he's going to go yard right now. And it was 5-3. I'm like, you know what, maybe. And then he said, you know what, never mind. He's not going to go yard right now because it's not. it wouldn't tie the game. So what he's going to do is he's going to swing out of his ass and get out. And didn't go so, yard. That's yeah. the Murph, so. This no actually conference.
1: this actually ties well into my personal words, so I might as well just bring it up now. Sure. I'll jump the gun on you if that's okay with you guys. I had nothing left to say.
3: Uh, my personal words also for Gary, so I'll tie it in after you.
1: We'll, we'll <laughs> make this loosey-goosey about Gary. Short and sweet. My award that I was going to give to him was the Nothing's Changed Award. Or mm. I, it was between the Nothing's Changed Award and the Never Was the Same.
2: Okay. Well, what's the. What's
1: well, actually, the it never was the same. Nothing was the same. Wasn't like, that... like Drake? No. Uh, <laughs> I'm blanking. Or I was also between Old Thing Back. Oh, by Ja Rule? Biggie. Biggie.
3: No, it's not. You know, it's well, it's remake. Yeah.
1: Biggie, but yeah, Ja Rule's like the guy. I like the Biggie one. Either way, this is going to Gary because it's the old thing back. He gets the grand slam. Everyone's like, oh, Gary's back. Like, no, bitch. That's what he does. <laughs> That's literally what he does. This is how he fucks with Yankees fans' heads. He goes 0 for 20, and then he hits a big spot grand slam to win the game, and then he's, everyone's like, Gary's the best offensive catcher ever to play this position all these stats about home runs and the youngest player ever to hit 100 home runs, which all of that's true for sure. He's the the, the second youngest player to hit 100 home runs at the catcher position, and I get the catcher position is not good offensively, but I'll say it again, and I always will say this. That's because catchers can usually play defense. And when a catcher like that goes out there, and not only is he just giving up pass balls, he just looks useless in framing like
3: he's trying way too hard. Today to in the game, today in the trying game, there was a hard.
1: strike in not even on the corner. It wasn't even on the black. But Gary, it just hit his glove and fell off, and it was down the middle. And since he missed it, it looked like a ball to the umpire, and it was a ball because Gary just flat out it hit the backside of his glove, and yeah. that was it. Gary he, is not a catcher. He's a DH, but we don't have room for a DH. And I get his offensive value is there, but is it because he's a home run hitter? He's Babe Ruth. Home run or bust, I'm pretty sure he has six home runs. Gary Sanchez has
3: six of his 11 hits this season are home runs.
1: The last six games, Gary Sanchez has 143 batting average. He has two hits. One of them was a grand slam. So what are we even talking about here? And you know who else is doing well as his replacement? And I'm not going to even make the conclusion because I don't want Kratz to start. But Kratz in the last five games has been a 333 with four <laughs> singles. And that's what I want out of a catcher because Kratz is a better defensive catcher and he's playing catch with his son like he was with Debbie Garcia.
2: Wait, all right, now I need to jump in because one of my awards was Kratz. Had to do with Eric Kratz and it was Dad of the Year award.
0: <laughs> okay. No
2: way. <laughs> Garcia. I don't think Debbie Garcia would have gone six innings, four hits, no runs if Gary Sanchez was catching. And I love that little. Uh, that little uh I don't know, narrative. Yeah, I like the narrative too. Of, of the father's son. So yeah, that's funny I'm but I get to have catch
1: with my, my son. <laughs> my my I thought that was awesome. No, I just think that's crazy because I mean Kratz, his replacement isn't out. He's out there to give Gary a rest and he's better than Gary in these spots. I'm not saying he's a better catcher. The guy's forty. He shouldn't even we give him a break. If he went over the entire time he was giving Gary a break, we would I would have been okay with it. Because you know what? He's actually playing a good defensive catcher position. He hoes somebody from his knees. That's, he's doing more than you could even ask for in that spot. Kind of like what Romine did all the time, remember? So, in my perspective, if that guy, I know it's small sample size, he hasn't really got that much time, but in the time he's been out there, he's batting 333 and he's just doing what you need to, not doing too much. He doesn't have any home runs, and that's not what you need. I'm so done with the home-runner-bust mentality on this team, and Gary is the definition of home-runner-bust. Like Damon said, he has six home runs and 11 hits on the season. Uh That's not fucking good. Gary, uh, Boone and... Not Boone. uh, Kay and Cohen always make fun of him on the... uh, Did you see what Kay said? No. After Gary won the game for the Yankees, he still found time to shit on him. Friend of the pod. Appreciate that. He said... Gary, who has had a miserable <laughs> season, somehow finds a way to hit it and ties the game up. Boy, did he need that. Like, that is literally everything about I don't know how people are be like, Gary's back. I know that Gary's supporters and people who are listening right now are probably going to be like, yeah, but he always comes up in the big spot. But, like, no, nope. how, much, Here's the how much can you really take? Like, I can't take the useless at-bats, and he makes up for it with one big at-bat. Wait. I'd rather have Eric Kratz. Get four singles in the time that Gary has been sitting on his ass. I, I just can't take it anymore. Well, the th- the thing about it though is,
3: he genuinely looks lost at the plate all the time. He genuinely genuinely looks like he has no idea what to do when he's up there, and that's why I I gave him the is that Chris Davis award because I looked into is it. Little, I looked into it a little bit. And they have remarkably similar stats to when Chris Davis went over for forty seven and broke the, the record for most at bats without a hit.
1: Over for forty seven, Gary's goddamn close. Is he before that pinch hit home run?
3: Well, no, but they are remarkably close in batting averages and hits strung together through a certain amount of at bats. And I felt like when we were watching Chris Davis. I was looking so forward to watching him get a hit. And I feel like that's almost like I'm doing right now. With if you Gary weren't Sanchez. a Yankees
1: fan, you'd like to see if Gary got a hit. You're like, oh my God, Which did is Gary that? Sanchez get a hit today? Which is fucked up because that means he's that bad.
3: But then he, just, he looks like he's just swinging for the fences. He has no idea where he is. He's trying to do. He's trying to fix his slump in one By swing every single run. time.
1: He's and like, doesn't let me just it.
3: swing as hard as I can. And hopefully that's one swing will and go out. And that's why out. I am saying. And so then nothing's changed. The I it's am, more of the same. Yeah. And then I'm going to be good. My slump's broken. I'm back. He's not back. Endless cycle. Ruff, did you give that's away your
2: Kevin
1: Malone yet? We just ripped apart Gary for a good 15
2: minutes. Yeah, so. Gary was my Kevin Malone. You Did you go? No. We jumped the gun a little bit. Went I gave the, my we I gave one of my
3: personals. Um, My Kevin, alone, Kevin Malone. Malone award. It's pretty... Yeah, um, I gave it to the entire Yankees offense. I could. This is such a cop-out. No, I didn't. That's
1: usually what I do.
3: No, all right, you did it, so I'm doing it this time because here's the thing. I gave it to the entire Yankees op- onfe- offense besides... Are you drunk? No, I'm just moving my chair and I, whatever. Besides Voight and Frazier, this team is n- not hitting the ball. In the past 14 days, since the last game we played against the... <laughs> The Rays. The last series we played against the Rays, we are batting two oh three as a team. Take it, take away Voight and Frazier,
1: we're below
3: Damon. the Mendoza line if we take away Voight and Frazier from that scenario.
1: Math math guy Damon.
2: So going to back up, for saying the whole Yankees offense. I was with Rella at first saying that's a cop out, but with that little, I backup, come prepared with stats. It. They are below the Mendoza line you without Voit and 10 Frazier. Minutes
1: before this shit. So what? It doesn't matter. Stats a stat. It doesn't matter when it gets done, as long as it gets done. You exactly. Know
3: so that's, that's my Kevin Award because this team... The
1: team has no arms or legs.
3: They have no arms or legs. If they they, don't they were anything. almost no hit twice. They yeah. are just... And one other stat that I pulled, this whole season, out of the, out of the active lineup that we've been going with, so excluding Judge and, and Stan right now, and smaller people who are still in the I.L., with the active lineup we have right now, we have only three people batting above 250. and I guarantee you can guess who those three people are. Voigt, Frazier, Leman Clint, yep, yep those are the three people batting above 250.
1: That's not good. That's not good. <laughs> that ain't it. You're obviously excluding judge and Stan because I have...
3: said yeah active lineup for the yeah. past 14 not for yeah, whatever the span was. But this is the entire season. Only three people are batting above two fifty of the active lineup. That is, is we're not winning games might like Might as that. well
1: bring back Breivik Valera. That guy was the heart and soul of the Yankees last we year. We are that not. That was the next man up, dude. He was batting four hundred. He played one game. That was it. We that were just
3: sick. not going to win games like this. You and Breivik
1: Valera, that was crazy. I honestly don't. I can't even believe I said that name on this podcast. Anyway, my Kevin Malone. You know what? It sucks to give this one to him. I'm going to give it to Chad Green. He didn't do well. He's not been doing well, but you know what? I'll shit on him first, and then I'll give him a little bit of a – I'll explain why he's been that bad. In the last week or so, he's had three innings pitched, 15 ERA, five earned runs, four home runs given up. And you know what? It's not just him. It's the whole bullpen has shit the bed. The starting rotation has been good, which is weird because it's usually flipped usually the starting rotation at the beginning of the season was the the thing that was tearing us down, and then the bullpen has been picking us up, and now it's flipped. But Chad Green, he's not been good. Part of it could be due to Boone leaving him out there too long when he gave up three home runs or four home runs in one outing. Like, pull him after a little bit there, Booney. But my biggest qualm with this, and I'll actually get into I have a whole topic I wanted to get into about this, is that, It boils down to Boone's usage of the bullpen. And you can't expect Chad Green to do well. And he's done fantastic this year. He's a great pitcher. He's probably our most valuable reliever on this team. I'll stand by that more than Chapman because I feel more confident when he's out there. Take away the last two weeks. Chad Green's fucking phenomenal. And you can put him in any spot you want. He can go for two innings. He can go for one. Whatever the hell you need, he can save the game if he needs to. But you know what? There comes to a point where it's hard to just come out there and deal when you're not being thrown in a week. If you're not used at all, how are you expected to just come out there and dominate? You got to be like hot, you got to you got to have some momentum going in. You got to go every third day as a reliever and just keep that momentum going. Otherwise, you're starting fresh.
3: And you could say Boone is to blame somewhat for that because he was not putting him in scenarios where he very well could have been put in.
1: And I have I have a lot to talk about here. Oh, so I got a lot to, yeah. If you guys, could, I'll start off this way. If you guys had to guess the top four relievers in terms of innings pitched used in the last 14 days, who would it be, Murph? I don't know. Um, what was the question again? I'll just tell you guys. The top four relievers in this bullpen, in terms of innings pitched in the last 14 days, Are Sessa with 5.1, Nelson, Holder with 4.2, Nelson with 5, and King with 3. Don't you think we should be using the the main horses, especially when Canely and Britton are both down? The main horses remaining are Green, Ottavino, and Chapman, and Chapman is goddamn ready. He should pitch at any point, and I will get to a point about him. You know, I'll just fucking say it now. I don't understand. Boone is like almost waiting. For the perfect scenario to use Chapman, to use Green, to use Adovino, he needs he needs a save situation for Chapman to come in. At some point, if you keep using Nelson, Sessa, Holder, King, you're never going to have a save situation. So why are you, like, that's why the majority of the innings have been using these shit relievers because they're going for four or five innings And they're used in the situations where you're trying to extend the game to get to the safe situation, to get Chapman in. And if they blow it, because cessa has got a 4 ERA, Nelson's got a 7.5 ERA, you know, the holder, all them, they're not going to keep the game close. So at some point, you can't wait for the save opportunity, especially when Britton and Canely are both down, because there will never be a save opportunity. And then you get to the end, and then you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to use Chapman now because we're down five runs. When does it become a point where you just use Chapman in the seventh to keep it a close game against the Rays? That's my biggest qualm with Boone. And that's why it's mainly on him that Britain's, not Britain, that Green has been bad is because you can't just wait to use him for the perfect opportunity. You got to use your highest leverage relievers in the highest leverage situations. If you don't use them in the highest leverage situations, I mean, if you don't use them early on to keep, leverage situations available, then there won't be any. Yeah. We'll be down six runs if we use Sessa, Holder, King, Gritsky, whatever the fuck is brisky, who has a twenty ERA. Just all these guys who are pitching the majority of innings outside of our starters, that's the reason why we're losing games. Th- it's the majority of the innings are being pitched by these bums. Well one of the one of the Pop. things
3: that <laughs> one of the things that I am I wrong? No, but again, like, what, what I'm trying to talk about is like one of the things that I have always—not always—but one of the things that I've been recently noticing is that Boone has been trying to win tomorrow and the day he after punts. instead of the game at hand.
1: Pat McAfee up in this bitch he and just that punts the
3: game away, and that's—that's that's what I feel like is one of his biggest issues. Because, for instance, double headers or any other game, he just puts out a—he puts out a safe lineup. I feel like, and then. He's not trying to win the game. He's trying to prepare for the next game. And right now, in this certain season, when we're playing for our our literally, like, every game counts more more than any other season, you need to win the game in hand. You can't be preparing for the next game. And he puts out these lineups, and he makes these pitching decisions like he's preparing for the rest of the week. Like, win the game, and then... Figure out how to win the next game
1: based on what you did before that, and the next game. Yeah, win now. Figure out tomorrow. Like it's you, win fucking now. That, it's it's, just, it. it's not like I know
3: it's a very different context, but that was the uh, Herman, the Jets old coach, his big thing. Like you play to win the game, that big speech, whatever. I know it's irrelevant sure. right now, but
2: remember it?
3: yeah, I remember it was. But you play to win the game. You're trying to win the game that you're playing right now. Win the game, cool, great. Next game, figure it the fuck out. Win that game. You got to make some changes? Okay. But don't try and plan ahead. Every time you try, try to plan ahead, it never works out. You can't predict the future. You can't predict how the team's going to play. Just try and win the fucking game. That's all we're asking for.
1: That's what I'm saying. That's why him throwing these guys, the majority of the time, and this isn't the first time I've talked about this. I've talked about this with you, Murph. The majority of the time, these guys are the main like highlight names. These are the featured bullpen guys. Wouldn't you think Green, Ottavino, Chapman, Chapman has pitched like three innings since he's been back off the IL because Boone is literally waiting for a save opportunity and that's it. That is the only thing Chapman has. I'd rather Chapman not be the goddamn closer and him come in in the fucking seventh and keep games close and then you throw a whole lot, And then you throw a whole in because then you know what? This is what? not... No, 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 no. This is not... I don't actually mean this, but I, I'd almost rather Chapman throw the seventh Green throw the eighth like in spots where you could keep Why? to keep the game close, and then all of, like you figure it out later on. If I don't you throw, agree with that. I'm sorry. That's not what no, I mean at all. I didn't actually mean that. He's but, also
2: also a lot of the reasons I've noticed is during the sorry. I've kept my kind of mouth closed on this in the beginning, but a lot of the times that you're seeing when Avalon was still playing, when you're seeing him, when you're seeing Nick Nelson, when you're seeing Sessa, a lot of the time it's during the um, the double headers where. You know, your Chapman, Adavino, Green are used to coming in in these certain situations, and that's when they're still coming in. Like Adavino came into in a place hat, you know, high leverage situation. That's when he used him and that's why he's keeping him. He also wants to get a look at these other guys. Some of them, Holder's actually been pitching pretty well. I'm not mad to see Holder in there, Th- to an extent. I mean, I'm definitely not happy with how he's managing the bullpen, but. I don't want to see Chapman come in in the seventh if we're down a run.
1: No, that's not what I actually Then what do you do? It's just like. for Todd. And you know what? When you look at the numbers, you see that all of the main guys have higher ERAs than all of those shitty guys that I mentioned. And that's in turn part because they're not getting spots. And when they get spots, they get a a start or a a spot to go in the game like once a week. And you can't expect them to do that. You got to build off what you did yesterday. And like. You can pitch two days in a row. You can do whatever you want. I just want my main point behind this thing I bring up is I want our best relievers to pitch the most. That's all I want. And that hasn't been what's going on. It's just that Boone waits for the perfect scenario to throw these guys. And there is never going to be a perfect scenario if these other guys are setting them up. And honestly, mm-hmm. a solution I have for this, if you guys don't think that Devi and and Schmidt... Have a spot in the starting rotation. Come playoff time. Come a couple weeks from now, on the back end of this sixty-game sprint. Why not throw those guys in the bullpen? Be just be like King has been. King has been coming out of the bullpen. Maybe being an opener, the the second guy out of the pen after the opener. Like why not have devian Schmidt be those guys? Like you saw Hat move to the bullpen last year in the playoffs. Why not just have them be that? Why not have them eat innings? These innings that these bums are pitching, I don't want to see Sessa. I don't want to see Holder. I don't want to see Nelson. I don't want to see King. I don't want to see Brisky. I don't want to see that guy Yahoo pitch today. I want to see Schmidt, Devi. If it's just about innings, I want these guys to be eating innings, and that's all I want. I don't want to see these names. And I know Britain's gonna be back. Canley's not, but you know mm-hmm. what? I want the, the the good pitchers to be pitching. Is that so much to ask? I agree. I well, I think, I think part of the, the situation is right. hurt.
2: I mean. When you have Canley and Britton in the bullpen still, then maybe you can bring Chad Green in the sixth. But they're not in the bullpen. Well, Britton will be back. So. so then, no, he will. But I'm saying for now, that's why you have to go to Holder in the sixth in a one-run game instead of Green because you need Green if you're up.
1: I'm talking playoffs though. I would you guys be happy if you saw like would you guys make the move to have Devi and Schmidt be in that roster at least to be coming out of the pen to eat some innings? Like let's say Cole has another shit outing and he's been throwing a lot of pitches because he's been striking people out, and that's it. But he, eats, he has a lot of high pitch count, and then what do you do when he goes five and you got to win the game? Maybe you tail him with Devi or Schmidt. Like Then you go to the guys, because then you can pass a baton and possibly win a game. Those guys can keep it closer than Nelson and all these other guys in a playoff game. I don't care about what they've done in the last two weeks. I know Nelson had a good outing last night. I'd rather have Devy and Schmidt at least if they're not going to get a start in a playoff game, I want them coming out of the pen or something. I want them to have an impact on a game because if you go inning by inning and you have the majority of innings, it doesn't even seem that way if you look at it during the game. You just almost see these guys pitching all the time. But at some point, like, I looked at the numbers, and I'm astounded that these are the top four relievers in the last 14 days.
2: Yeah, yeah. um, I don't think we're going to see Debbie. We might see Debbie. I really don't think we're going to see Smith. Schmidt, especially in the playoffs, but I guess I wouldn't be that mad if that happened. I just don't think it's very realistic. In a
1: Loisga role, too. Loisga's been fantastic this year. Is a 2.25 ERA in like eight innings
2: pitched. I feel like i never seen him. I know he pitched against the Mets the other day, but I feel like i never He's been great seen
1: this him. year, and I, I, he'd be another one of those. He's one of those starters that you convert to young starter, convert to reliever. That's exactly what I want to do with Devin and Schmidt and see if it works. If it doesn't work, you can test it out against the Marlins, the <laughs> it's Mets. It's not that easy, Mets,
2: though. Because you know you shake your guy's confidence if you throw him out of the bullpen. He's not used to it. all of a sudden he gets shelled as an ADRA, and then everybody in New York hates him. I, it's so a,
3: it's a I bigger decision. It's a bigger decision than what we make it out to be, in terms yeah, of a, a, man, a managerial and a GM perspective. They're not just saying like fuck it, yeah, just go, let's just throw him. Like there's a lot that goes behind these, these decisions that we are nowhere near what those what those conversations are like. So it's hard for us to. It's, sorry, it's easy for us to just say. Yeah, fucking throw them out there. See what happens when there's probably a lot more behind-the-scenes stuff that needs to needs to go on.
1: With you there. So let me get into my personal award because I'm going to – do you guys already give both your personal awards away?
2: I, I actually three. have two. Right, so
1: I, I, have, one. I have one, and it's called the Don't You Worry Child Award. Shout out Swiss, Swedish House Mafia. Steve Alonzo. And that's going to go to Garrett Cole because Garrett Cole – Has allowed 15 of 18 runs. I think it's updated as of last night. He's given up two more home runs, but 15 of 18 as of before this game via the home run. I don't think you guys should worry, and I I, and I have some stats to back it up. Why Yankee fans should not worry. Math podcast, don't you worry, child. Last year, Garrett Cole through his first through through
3: how many starts is he at right now? Anybody know? It's five.
1: I think it's around five or five. six. All right. This is his fifth start? Regardless, innings. 2019, Garrett Cole. Historic year, right?
3: Yeah, I'd say so.
1: He broke some records.
3: Got him three hundred billion million. Got him
1: a lot of money. Not billion, million, damn. But through 36 point... I said million. <laughs> <laughs> through 36.1 innings pitched last year, 2019, record-setting year. Garrett Cole, same pitcher. 4.71 ERA. He had... Six home runs given up, a little lower than this year. That's the takeaway there. Half twelve walks, more walks. Batting average against two hundred twelve, still low, but four seven one ERA. Like people are freaking out about his three nine one ERA now. That's he's given up twelve home runs. I get it. It's a lot of home runs to give up, but you know what? It's double what he gave up last year. But you know what? His ERA is lower than last year. So. So, 120 points lower. I'm more concerned... I'd be more concerned if his ERA was higher because that just means he's not letting people on base. He's striking people out at the same rate. He has a lower opponent batting average now this year. His opponent batting average this year is Mendoza. People are hitting Mendoza against him this year. His OBP against is lower again. He's lower in every category except for home runs. And you saw with Verlander last year. Verlander had a Cy Young year, and he was killed by the home run ball. Sometimes it happens. But as long as you're getting not letting people on base, the home run ball is going to be a solo shot. It's probably not going to hurt you that much. And yeah. you know what? He had those stats. This is through the same amount of time last year. So 36.1 innings versus 41 this year. The rest of the way, last year, I'm trying to forecast what he's going to do in the playoffs. The rest of the way, so the last month, so September and October of last year, Garrett Cole, 42 innings pitched a 1.07 ERA, a 140 batting average against, 74 strikeouts, only four home runs, 20 hits. Like This man absolutely deals when it matters, and you can't tell me that you'll be nervous. And especially after hearing this, he he does this. This is what he does. Sometimes the home run ball is his bugaboo, but he's not going to let guys on. And it's it's the early part of the, the season. He was worst last year in historic year. So but yeah, this, that's why this I just give goes... him the Don't You Worry Child Award because Garrett Cole is going to be just fine. He's actually doing better than he did last year in a historic year. So that's crazy to me.
3: And I think that's a really, really, really important thing to bring out because I think all of Yankee land, we got a ton of DMs saying, what's up with Garrett Cole? Is Garrett Cole overrated? Is Garrett... Why is Cole mediocre?
1: Is he worth the money? Is he worth the
3: money? And we got a ton of those DMs, so we're going to answer them all right now. Yes, right now he is totally worth it. We're fine. Rettel just backed it up with a boatload of of stats. So, yes, we had extremely high expectations because what we were signing him for in Yankee land because obviously we're not watching every Astros game. So we just see highlights. We see highlights of this guy dominating. We see him striking out the side. We see him absolutely plowing through lineups. But, again, they're highlights. We don't see the beginning of the season where he has this 4.71 ERA or wherever it was. We don't see that. We just see the highlights, and that's what we sign the guy for. And that kind of blinds us as Yankee fans because we're experiencing it firsthand right now because we're actually watching every game. And I feel like that's with everybody. If you watch the Angels, Mike Trout isn't hitting a home run every game.
1: Yeah, it seems like it, but he's not. You just see on the
3: highlights all the time. He's the best player to ever play Probably ever we are experienced that, but that's we're not gonna talk about that right now. But that just goes to show that when you actually watch these guys play, it's a much different perspective. When you watch Michael Jordan play, he wasn't hitting every shot. These guys are human; they're gonna come out and make mistakes, and they're gonna play like a human being. They're not fucking machines, right? Unless they're and Mayhew.
1: But Garrett Cole's fine. He's end fine. At, end of story. Not worried about him. Those stats show it. Last year. Historic year, he did great,
3: Murph. Thanks for the stats. That's good
1: to you. Good I just re- want—I just want to, just want to right, calm people down. Very, it's a good it's reassurance. Really it's good
2: reassurance, everybody. This is not very in depth. It's not going to cause a lot of conversation. But I'm giving the "Where the hell did you come from?" award <laughs> to Jordy Mercer. <laughs> Who I had Mercer. Oh. Jordy Mercer, right? Jordy Mercer. Who? Who knows
1: <laughs> exactly
2: where'd you no, come no, from? I know. So he. No, I did know that he, you know, was on Pittsburgh for years, and I think he played for Detroit last year. Was it Detroit? I don't know. But I knew. I didn't. I had no idea he was on the Yankees. Like we were watching the game, and it just said Mercer, and I was like Mercer. And then all of a sudden, he came out and it was Jordy Mercer. I'm like, what the, what the hell is he? Doing? Right, it's Jordy Mercer. I'm not stupid. Name. Yeah, know you're right. Yeah. Um but, yeah, so, like, I was just really confused about that and um, didn't know – I don't know when we got them. For what we, I used to probably sign for like $35 a game. Like, I have no idea. He's on an hourly basis. I mean, mean, he's not terrible. I'm not. Jordy Brewster, like,
3: clocks in and out when he comes to the (laughs) dugout. Just hit the time card. And then, like, he submits his, like, time time stamp to to Brian Cashman at the end of the day. Did you play three innings, Jordy, or was it two? And then he just just gives him cash out of
2: his pocket. He's Uh, just praying for extra innings every game. That'd be fucking funny. Oh, man. All right. While you mentioned Cashman, can I transition over to my rounding third? Sure. Yeah, why, why don't we why get into not? rounding third? Yeah,
1: let's do it. The
0: runner's being waved home. Here comes the throw from Andrews. The slide, the tag.
2: What's your rounding third here, Murphy? So, I, I really do think I'm going to be safe here. It's not too crazy, but I, I, it's something I wanted to talk about, and it's deadline. It. Obviously, today, I'm sure all of Yankee land was disappointed that we didn't make any kind of a deal today. But from everything I've seen... It's not for lack of trying. And basically the running third here is that I trust Cashman for not making a deal today because I'm from what I've read and from what I would even assume is that the price tag for anybody for the Yankees compared to any other team is way higher. And if Cashman didn't feel like an offer for Clevenger or Lance Lynn or even like a Robbie Ray was worth it, then I trust him for that. And then a lot of people were pissed we didn't make a splash. but. Yeah. I think that's reality. You know what
1: my my rounding third is actually very similar. So I'll get into mine. But I I personally disagree. I think my rounding third was the Yankees should have gone all in for Clevenger because when you see what the Padres gave up and they gave up everybody in just in general this offseason, I mean this uh, trade deadline. They didn't give up much to get individually to get Clevenger. I really think give up a lot of prospects. Yeah, but when you look at the prospects, they weren't like. I know they gave up Taylor Trammell. Like, I personally, I've had enough. I've, I've said it before. I've had enough of the next man up thing. And this this deadline seemed so similar to what it was last year because last year we're dealing with the next man up. Everybody seems to be too expensive. The price tag's too high. At what point do you have to break the bank? Because I know the price tag is higher for the Yankees, but what, are we ever going to make a move if we, the price tag is always that high? And, like, personally – I was I was personally, I know a lot of Yankee fans were also feeling this way, too. I would have given up a lot to get Mike Clevenger. Mike, well, look, Mike wait, wait, hold on. Mike Clevenger, when you add him, he's under contract until 2023. This man has a 3.2 career ERA. He's 29 years old. He's only making $5.5 million this year, and next year he has arbitration, whatever the fuck it is. He's under low contract, and... Your rotation in the next couple of years is now being built around Clevenger, Cole. You could add Tanaka or Paxton back. And then whatever prospects you didn't give up, either Schmidt or Devi, any one of them, you probably give up Devi, but you keep Schmidt. Then that's four guys that are studs. And then you could figure out Montgomery in the five hole, whatever the hell you want to do. I'm not going to talk about that stuff, but it just seemed very similar. And, like, the second time the next man up thing is happening, it just definitely seems like this was a good time to bring – the big addition to spark this team that clearly needs a spark. So bringing in Mike Clevenger, who is a stud, and I said 3.2 career, right? But it's even lower than that in the last two years. Last year he had like a 2.17, and the year before that he had a three flat. So he's getting better and better. He's only like four years, five years into the league. This kid's a fucking stud, and we could have emptied the far I don't give a fuck. Anybody named, not named, I mean, well, well, before Schmidt before you said before Schmidt you said like that, Frazier, I you probably could give up Frazier too because Mike fucking,
3: whoa okay before that I don't know dude let, let me, let me seems you, like it, let me ask you a question let me ask you a question because I I read an article probably 10 minutes before we before we recorded and it was a statement from Brian Cashman talking about the trade in line why he make any moves and he said oh yeah the the Indians and the Rangers were calling me up the first out of anybody else, and they were coming to me first to make a deal. But their only asking price was two of, so two of these three players, Clint Frazier, David Garcia, and Clark Schmidt. So we had to give up two of those people for either um, Lance Lynn Lynn or Clevenger. So would you do that? Would you give up two of those people? I would
1: not do it for Lance Lynn, and I don't know why people wanted Lance Lynn, because we've been through that whole experiment. Okay, so let's just say Clevenger. Would you give up two of those people? I would give up Debbie and Clint for Clevenger because of the control that you have for him. You build your rotation around a stud. Dude, he's a stud. He's an absolute stud. And you're banking on Debbie becoming that stud, and you're banking on Clint figuring it out, which we've seen, and, and it would be a tough pill to swallow to give up Clint for me, and I love Clint. But when you get a guy like Clevenger, who is a one and two with Garrett Cole, 29 years old, they're both 29, you build around those guys for the future. Those two can just, like, that is a big question mark that you don't have anymore. If you have Clevenger and Cole, add Tanaka back as a three, stud three, and then you have, if you don't give up, Debbie, you got Schmidt too. Schmidt becomes that four, and then Montgomery or whoever else figures out the five spot, whether it's Lasagna coming back up, and that, to me, is so worth it because you have Clevenger. I know you're getting rid of Cole, and I know you're getting out of Cole. I know you're getting rid of Clint and Debbie, at some point doesn't every yankees fan thought we were going to get rid of Debbie anyway and i
3: don't i think that just these i just think it's way too much to ask for i
1: don't Wait, think so i don't think so i Damon, think I'm i think you. mike Clevenger would have been so worth it
3: i don't i, I don't know i think that it's just i mean there's
1: no, no, nothing's going to change now is on the padres forever and they're probably going to win they're probably going to make it to the world series at least cuz they look like a, they're going for it right just now just with
3: just with our recent history and everything that's happening There is no way that you can give up a guy like Clint Frazier, given that he is literally the only other person besides Luke Voigt who's producing for this offense. You cannot just give – you're just like, oh, yeah. You you can't treat him as a prospect now. He is literally a player now. He is on the Yankees team. He's a part of – the lineup, and he,
1: he's a big contributor. You know who would be a big contributor? Mike Clevenger. That's why that's the only... And I agree we with We can't win games if we don't score. We need him to help us score. But we can win games if we don't let them score. And I'm just saying, no, we, when, we when have, the guys
3: come back... We were just talking about it before, though. You can't... We were talking about before with Hap. Like, we cannot win games if you don't score runs. I'm just and we saying, need guys to score runs. When
1: guys come back, and hopefully they do come back, and that whole thing, I get well, it. But
3: it's a big hopes. It's a lot of hopes for... A, but, but a big like, transaction. when
1: people do come back, look, let's say, playoff scenario, guys come back. Everybody comes back. We start the playoffs. Clint doesn't have a spot. He's not starting in the starting rotation. You know who is Mike Clevenger. Mike Clevenger is getting the ball game, too. And that, for this year specifically, and years to come, because he's young, he's under, he's under control, that guy would make an impact more than Clint would if everybody's healthy. Because Clint doesn't crack yeah, the but starting it's, lineup. It's
3: such a big if, though.
1: It's not a big if because if, everyone's if going the lineup, but, but how do you know that? Then there's gonna be
3: injured tomorrow. Like you can't just say that they're automatically just gonna be back. We've been saying that for two years now. If 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 we continue to play and we have these injuries that happen, our outfield in the playoffs is gonna be if without Clint Frazier, it's gonna be Mike Talkman, Gardner, and Hicks. That's not a world. That's not a World Series.
2: Team right there. What do you not worth right? his outfield. I think the same thing I said in the beginning is that we can sit here all we want and say theoreticals about who you wouldn't would not give away, but when it comes down to it, we know that everybody highball or lowballs the Yankees on offers. They want the world for these players that aren't worth the world, especially not in the eyes of Brian Cashman, because Brian Cashman will always make a deal if it's a good deal. He has never really done terribly, terribly wrong when it comes to free agency or the deadline almost never so i trust cashman if he had a deal on the table for clevenger and he didn't think it was worth it i trust it 100 because most likely it was Devi and clark schmidt and quentin frazier
3: yeah that's what it was we, not we, two of
2: the three which means yeah, you're giving up three. your two best pitching prospects by far and an mlb ready outfielder who's going to be mm-hmm. a very very good player and it's not worth it for one 30 year old pitcher who's Granted, very good, but still. Two years from now, that deal is going to look terrible if they made it.
1: Yeah, but it might look better when you get a World Series ring to back it up. That's is that
2: Mike Clevenger doesn't guarantee us a World Series ring, especially if Quint frazier Especially if we can't fucking Mike hit.
1: Clevenger for sure as fuck help. And that's something that's a similar deal. To, and I know Mike Clevenger isn't Chris Sale at the time, but Chris Sale comes to the Red Sox and they win a World Series. It looks like shit now, but they got the World but Series. But they have the
3: other elements to back it up.
1: We do two if they're healthy. And, then, and I, you I keep know it's saying a big if. if,
3: but when are we going to? We haven't been. Fully, we've been fully healthy for a combination of like 10 games in two I years. I get it. Like, that's, so, that's like yeah, a big that, if. It would
2: really dumb if we get Mike Clevenger and get hurt, even if Clevenger doesn't get hurt and we don't win a World Series. And then two years down the road, we're paying him $12 million a year in arbitration. And then Clint Frazier is an all star in Cleveland, Indians.
1: Just feel like I'm not the only one here. I feel like I, I feel like you guys are trying to back you me m- into might a corner. You not the only one, but You guys are trying to back that... me into a corner right now, and I feel like a lot of Yankees fans wanted Clevenger, and I think the stats. I think and, they would have, and what? Listen, listen, I'm not saying no, I, I would have Clevenger. wanted Clevenger too.
2: I would have wanted him too, but not for the what we were giving up. That's my whole point. Is I wanted uh, Mike Clevenger, but if Mike, if Brian Cashman didn't make that deal, it's for a damn good reason because the asking price was certainly way too high.
3: I guarantee also and if I Clint Frazier him. didn't come out and play like he did before, probably would have been dealt and everyone would have been okay with it. But the fact that he is literally one of the only people producing, you can't trade him away. There, there's no way that you can do that. True. So I think you're out. I'm sorry.
1: I don't give a fuck because he's not on the team anyway. I was just making a case for the uh, what I wanted to see happen. And I know that was a lot I of the I would have wanted to see it too. If
2: what you said happened, that's great then don't think it will. If we gave away other... Pro- like, the
3: prospects that the... Whoever whoever gave them away. The, the Indians gave away. Or the, the Padres, Padres gave away. Sorry.
2: Taylor Tramiel's the top prospect. They gave away,
3: like, nine people. And I've he- I haven't heard of anybody, given I'm not a Padres fan. So no, it's Taylor a little Tramiel's different. Like I know I know Tremel, but... I don't know. I just feel like you give away nine players. Like They, they cleared house. They're going to... They cleared they're, house. Their World
1: Series or Bust this year, and if they don't win the World Series... They're gonna go back into a rebuild, and next Cleveland year. just banking on two one of those guys do, being decent, and they paid it, and they paid off. I don't get, I
3: they, don't they get, kind of, I don't get. It.
2: They still have a really good young core. They still yeah. got Tatis and Paddock, and their yeah. young guys just happen to be in the MLB.
1: Yeah. I know, I just don't understand why Cleveland did that because they're very much, they're in second place in the AL Central, and they're very much in the, in a race. They were one of the hottest teams. I saw in the power rankings they were pretty high up there. They were like three or four. I don't understand why they're selling off. I get the off the field stuff probably with Clevenger because he was partying or whatever with police sack. Yeah, Spread whatever. Spreading the Rona, but you know, I don't get it. I don't get them. I don't get a lot of things, but that's why I'm not in the front office. Does anybody have any other awards before we shut this Johnson down? I'm good. Um, you had another one, didn't you?
3: I had my rounding third.
1: What's your rounding third?
3: Boom will not be resigned as manager because his contract ends in 2021.
1: Safe. Safe, I, I just, I, you know, I, I don't, the reason is because, I mean, a lot of people will be like, oh, first of all, the, the vast majority are coming for Boone's neck and to defend him a little bit. Like, I don't think people should be calling for his job that quickly. I don't know. I, I'm a crossroads because you look at what he's done and he really hasn't done so much. Like he's been given, he was gifted a team like this. I get last year with the next man up thing. That was impressive, but that was more on the players. I feel like it's just the, the man has won over 100, 100 games both years. But I feel like if you don't win hundred games in the last two years, the way the players have been producing for you and stuff like that, I, it's like really you're, it's you're really lo- less. You're not you're not doing your job that you should be doing this, and it's more the only thing that like his co- claim to fame is the savages in the box thing, and now in hindsight, that kind of looks like it's it was like. I don't know, staged. It just he, seems, just, he it just doesn't seem like it was that as cool as we thought it was in the moment. And just like, if that's a claim to fame, like, come on, dude. Of all the negative things that came about recently with his mismanagement of the bullpen and his inability to pinch hit guys correctly. because I brought up the stats before about those stupid pinch hit decisions when he brought mm-hmm. pinch hit for Clint with Talkman, who is actually better against... Lefties and Clint's better against righties. It just didn't make sense to make some of so many easy. decisions. And that then he pinch Hate sense. again for Talkman with Miggy, who's cold as an ice cube. It just a lot of the a lot of questionable decisions with him. I just don't get it with him. I don't think. I don't. I think you're safe. That was in, in. That was my backing for why you're safe. I think a lot of people are definitely coming for his job. I don't think. I don't think I'm as quick to assume that he should be out now like no
3: chill with that i mean it's this just, is definitely a hot take but
1: i just don't think he should be re-signed and i think you're i think you're safe on that
3: for right now What well, the way he's unless proven
1: otherwise team,
2: unless proven otherwise yeah i think that's that's what i was going to say is you know if he comes and wins a world series then sure yeah obviously we're going to want to re-sign him but right now it's not looking like that's the case if it were yeah.
1: 2021 at the end of the season right now he would not be re-signed it's been nothing spectacular yeah
3: but um, in terms of DMS, we pretty much answered every DM during yeah, this thing. It. So appreciate you guys DMing, but keep them coming because maybe we'll talk about something that wasn't on the schedule.
1: And if you haven't already, like I told you to, if you haven't reviewed the podcast on iTunes, I will eat a baseball. I don't know if you've ever seen somebody eat a baseball before, but I can't imagine it's very easy. Probably going to have to boil it up. I don't know how easily leather boils. But, you know, if you want to see that happen on a live stream, on Instagram and Twitter, in front of thousands of people, just take two seconds, scroll down where you are right now if you're listening to the podcast, and just, you know, hit five stars. That would help us out so much. As always, we appreciate it. Let's go Yanks. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA
3: and NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. The MLB season is pushing into the fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online. Your online sport book experts.
0: Now I just want to stay here. Fall into midnight. will nobody else.